We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DVTPFL. It's Thursday, it's December 31st, it's 2020. For the last time, it's a seven-game NBA slate. Technically, it's a two-game and a five-game slate. But we're going to talk about all seven games, um, give you guys some thoughts on that two-game early slate. Not going to spend a ton of time on it. Um, joined today by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm doing good now. I've spent the last... 30 hours dealing with internet issues, um, which apparently I just had to plug an ethernet cable into a different port. The guy who came by to check it out was just as angry as I was and figured it out. But yeah, worst day of my, of my year was yesterday dealing with internet for 10 hours, but it's up and running. It's quick. It's good. Life's good. Solid. Solid. Um, gotta love internet issues like it's the worst thing um i absolutely hate any kind of internet issues like i think it's funny i just had um a spectrum out here the other day and um they were they just they upgraded my internet um as well so um you know my my internet was going out like six to eight times a day and i was like ah i can't do this man I i work from home so um before we get into it if you guys haven't already make sure you check out our sponsor monkey knife fight uh they got a ton of stuff going on over there um a lot of fun stuff so if you haven't checked them out check them out they got nba stuff up uh they'll have nfl stuff up for this weekend as well we'll give you guys some nfl picks on the nfl podcast um that comes out today as well so we jump into this two game slate uh, it's Cleveland at Indiana. It's a two sixteen total. Indiana's favored by nine in this game. Uh, Deladova's out. Love is out, and Porter is out. And on the Pacer side of things, Lamb and Warren are out. Um, Grant, let's start with Cleveland. What do you like here for the Cavs? I mean, this game really doesn't have a high total or clo- is expected to be close. But I mean, Drummond has just been crushing. Um, over 50 points in three straight games, averaging around 60 in that time frame. He's 8.9K. We only have a two-game slate. I know there's a lot to like over in the Chicago versus Washington game, but Drummond is an absolutely fantastic pick. Outside of that, I mean, 
Sexton and Garland both have been doing pretty well recently. They're affordably priced at 6.1, 6.9K. They're getting a bunch of minutes and game stays close. So it's not a bad spot where I know that the Chicago-Washington game is supposed to be high scoring, supposed to be a really good one. But either – like this is a spot where I don't know who exactly to bring it back on Indy, but if this game stays close, I, I, I expect – like the four main guys that are playing a bunch of minutes. And even if you need some salary relief, I know that CD has a little bit of upside at 4.7, which is not something I would want to do on a normal big slate, but this is a small enough slate where you can absolutely crush value here. But Garland, Sexton, Drummond, and even Nance, if you want to. But Drummond is the top play here from pretty much anyone on this slate, I would say. Yeah. um, When I'm looking at the Cleveland side, I think Drummond, obviously, like you said, the price is kind of caught up to Sexton and Nance. So, like, if I'm pairing anybody with Drummond here, it's probably Garland. Um, he's still remotely priced. Um, and, like, none of these bench guys are really doing anything. So, probably won't go to any of those. Um, Okoro is out as well. I forgot to mention that. He's out. Uh, so, that's another guy that, you know, plays a good amount of minutes. So, Maybe someone like Dante Exum plays a few extra minutes or Dean Wade or somebody, um, but I don't think it is going to matter too much here. On the Pacers side of things, um, you know, TJ Warren being out, he is like a 30-plus minute uh, a night guy. So, like, maybe someone like Doug McDermott gets a bump in minutes um, with, you know, Warren out. Uh, what are you looking at here on the Pacers? Yeah, I mean, Warren being out, I think, just gets more of an increase in usage. The, like, main guys out on the floor, so Sabonis, Brogdon, Oladipo, Turner. Um, McDermott will get an increase in minutes. I mean, I wouldn't really bother too much with him or with Holiday, but the fact that Warren's out, like, either one of these guys could get see a little bit of a boost in playing time. I don't hate it uh, just because it's a two-game two slate. So either one of them offer a little bit of salary relief. I don't really have a huge – lean either way it's just basically do you need that extra five hundred dollars in price saving but with warren being out like again i'm mostly if i'm playing a few entries i'm really not sure if i will but game starts at one my time so i should be up and ready and rolling before then but like i'm probably stacking up this game hoping that it stays close or mostly avoiding it if this stays close the bonus obviously has a chance for a massive game here and put averaging around 50 this entire season 8.8k getting a boatload of minutes every single game so largely contingent on if it gets, stays close he's my t- favorite pick but obviously it's going to be tough to fit him and brogdon uh or him and drummond in the same lineup so you're probably better off going with oladipo or brogdon um because you're going to have a tough time fitting him and drummond and they got obviously have a get each other into a little bit of trouble, but uh, Brogdon and Oladipo are the picks. I'm staying away from Miles Turner. Like he's put up all right numbers, but 5.9 K is probably where he should be. And the main thing is like, he's averaging four or he's averaging five blocks a game this season and almost two steals. Like that's not really sustainable. Not getting a huge usage, not doing a ton on the boards, probably staying away from him. So it's Brogdon and Sabonis, probably my two favorite picks. And then McDermott and holiday is a little bit of salary relief. It's kind of where I'm at, too. I think McDermott on a two-game slate is going to be one of the better value plays. So could potentially be popular, and you could maybe pivot um, with Holiday and, you know, take the risk. So we move on. We got Chicago at Washington. Um, 235 total here. Washington favored by five and a half. Markin is questionable. 
Hatcher Marrera is probable. He's been the one that has been missing um, for Washington. So let's start with Chicago. This game has a massive total, um, you know, 18 points higher than the other game on this slate. And I expect this game to be pretty popular. Um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to Chicago? Yeah, so my plan is basically if I'm not using Drummond, if I'm not using Sponis, so I'm not expecting that game to be close, then obviously I'm stacking up this game into two-game slate. I'm kind of doing correlations based on whether the Cleveland game stays close or not. And so if I'm not using those guys, Levine sitting there at 7.9K, he's playing high 30 minutes right now. He's shooting a bunch. He's getting it done on all areas of the floor. Average 50 over the last two games, 7.9K. He's 800 cheaper than a bonus 900 cheaper than Drummond offers a decent amount of salary relief and this game is going to be high scoring it's projected to be moderately closer at least closer than the indie game so yeah this is really just a stack up slate on the two game slate here and Levine is a fantastic option Cody White is fine he's not great Wendell Carter Jr. if you're not going to play Drummond he's shown some upside in the last few games and playing over 30 minutes 6k is probably not too expensive for him so don't mind him with marketing being out like you can look at Otto Porter Jr. I don't want to play Thad Young or he's not going to play probably so don't go there like it, it's it, it's not really too many different options that I want to look at on Chicago so it's Levine and it's Carter for the most part I'm fine with White but he's my least favorite of the bunch yeah, honestly, when I'm looking at the Chicago side, um, Levine, White, Carter, if Markkinen sits, Porter should play a couple extra minutes, so he would be in play. But I don't want to go too crazy here. Um, Sadoransky at 4,200, he's a guy that if he shoots the ball really well, he could potentially get there, um, you know, and you know he's a guy that's going to get assists on that second unit, so – I don't mind Sandoransky, but you know, you're taking the risk of a guy that only plays 20 to 25 minutes a night. So on the Washington side of things, um, obviously Westbrook and Beal are both super expensive, but raw points are going to matter on this slate. And I think Westbrook is probably the top raw point getter on this slate. If it's not Drummond, um, what's your thoughts here on Washington? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think he probably is a better raw points play than Drummond, but it's not by a huge amount. And obviously he'll offer you a little bit uh, price savings Drummond does. So Westbrook is probably the worst point per dollar play, but yeah, raw points. And the fact that I think that the Cleveland game is more likely to be a blowout it's a two game slate, just how you have to look at things in this scenario. So Westbrook is definitely the better raw points player, but um, overall, like he's probably a worst point per dollar play, but triple-double in three straight games. Like, Westbrook's playing a boatload of minutes. He's obviously very heavily involved in this offense. It's The entirety of the offense is him and Beal. Um, don't really want to play Beal. I'm fine with it. But 9.5K, when you consider Sabonis and Drummond are giving you similar production at a lower price point, even though there is a high total in this game. Beal's not really the guy I want to go with. I'd much rather afford or go with Westbrook, and I don't really want to roll both of them in the same lineup. Um, so Westbrook is my pick over Beal. Brian, obviously 6.4 K. You have a few centers to pick from on the slate. He's just behind Drummond for me and probably slightly behind Carter, um, in the same game, but Brian obviously can give you a bit of upside playing 30 minutes can put up 35 points. Don't mind him outside of that. Like 
Not really a ton if I ton I want in this game. 5.2K for Bertan seems like about the right price tag. He does have a little bit of upside if he gets hot shooting. Um, he's taken a decent amount of shots and hasn't shot well so far this season, considering how good of a shooter he is. So there is a little bit more upside than he's shown so far. But not really a ton outside of Westbrook and Bryant that I really want to use on the Washington side. It's more interest on the Chicago side than Washington. I think you could take shots on Bertan's um... – you know, last before last game against this team, like these two teams just played, they said they were going to increase his minutes up a little bit. And he ended up playing 26 minutes. So 5,200 is not bad. Um, Avadeja, uh, that name. Um, I think he gets hurt a little bit by Hatcher Marrero coming back. Um, it'd be interesting to see how the minutes kind of shape up between like him and Bertans and Hatcher Marrero. So, kind of be careful with that um you know i wouldn't game log watch too much on that one so yeah uh anything else from the the two gamer here no i mean it's pretty simple you know who the good plays are you know that you can game stack either game like it's a two game slate there's not really too much to go into for it all right uh, let's move on to the main slate here. Uh, starts at 6.30 Eastern, a little bit of an early start time here. Um, Philly at Orlando is where we get started. 216 total, Philly favored by one and a half. Korkmaz is out. Um, Aminu, Isaac, and Ennis remain out for the Orlando Magic. Uh, what do you like here for Philly? Honestly, this game is really not that interesting. Um like Embiid's going to play, he's listed as probable. Like he obviously gives you a decent amount of upside, but the way that the slate is kind of panning out for me, don't really need to spend up. And if you are, you're more likely better off going with Harden. But I'd, I'm not really a big fan of spending up on this slate. So on the Philly side, like Embiid, not worth it at 10K. Ben Simmons obviously has upside in any given matchup, but this is a low total game here. And I just don't really see the need to pay up this high for the – like Philly has – Simmons at 9.2K, Embiid at 10K, like Harris at 7.1K. I know they're the majority of their offense, but this is not going to be a high-scoring game. It's not going to be a fast-paced game, and it's a tough defensive game. I don't see a huge upside out of anyone. If anything, I think that Seth Curry might be my favorite play from this game at 5.4K, offering a little bit of salary relief. If this game stays close, he's probably playing over 30 minutes. If he gets hot from behind the arc, he can give you the most upside. So... I don't have any interest really in any of these guys outside of Curry. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really love Philly here either. Like I definitely, if I was playing a bunch of teams would respect like Embiid's ceiling. Um, But yeah, like Tobias has, you know, in close games, Tobias has a little bit of upside. Um, He's a guy that can get you double doubles or like rebounds and he'll pick up a couple steals and stuff. So like, He's another guy that could potentially be on my list. Um, I think Ben Simmons is a little too expensive for a guy that on most nights is going to get like 40. So probably wouldn't go too crazy with like Simmons. But Embiid, Harris, Curry in tournaments I don't think are crazy. Um, do you like anything here for the Orlando Magic? Vooch is worth a shot. Um, he's had some decent games before going up against Embiid. But like I'm, I'm just meh on Vooch. Like, Gordon, his minutes have been limited. Like, I don't know how much he's going to play, and I don't see – like, he generally doesn't have – 
He always has a bunch of upside, but few and far between, and he's priced generally like it. Fultz has been taking a boatload of shots. Like he'd be the guy that, yeah, he'd be the guy that I would want to take a shot. Like last game, he shot four from sixteen, four for sixteen from the floor, and he ended up with thirty-five points. Like six point three k, he has some upside if he shoots well. He's taken twenty-one shots against Washington. Like if he can have a game where he shoots well. And he contributes in other areas. Like he can, he actually has some upside. So, honestly, no interest in Ross, no interest really in Fournier, no interest in Gordon. Booch, I'd rather go other places at around the same price tag. So, it's Fultz for me over on the Orlando side. And I'm probably just fading. This is just going to be an ugly, slow paced game and not, not worth really targeting for DFS. Yeah, I don't mind Terrence Ross in tournaments just because when the dude gets hot, like he is a guy that, you know, definitely has some upside. But overall, like this, like you you nailed it. Like this game is not a game that like you want to spend a, a ton of energy on because there's a lot more games on this slate that have a lot more upside and ceilings. So uh, don't mind Fultz. That's really it. Um, moving on. We got Sacramento at Houston, 227 total. Houston favored by three and a half in this game. We'll start with um, the Kings. Do you like anything here for Sacramento? I mean, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Fox, I think, is where you start off at. He's 7.8K. He's been putting up over 40 points a game, and this is going to be a high-scoring game. I mean, has a 237 total, I think, or no, 228 total right now. Like, it's the highest on the slate by over 10 points. Um, the slate's still interesting on the other sides, but this one where, you know, the Fox is probably going to end up with 35 minutes if it stays close has 50 point upside in a matchup like this, like wall and cousins coming back. Um, don't know if that's going to make them any better defensively. It'll probably make the game go a little bit quicker. Um, so it, it, in all reality, this is a fantastic spot for Fox here, buddy Hyde. 6.8K, not a huge fan of that. Harrison Barnes, I don't really want to play, but he's got over 30 in three of the last four, and there's a plus matchup here. He's not a guy that I ever really want to play, but he offers a little bit of a floor and decent upside at 5.4K going up against Houston. Bagley, his minutes restriction, don't really want to go with that. Holmes is interesting, but not very interesting like he could get some stuff done Halliburton I think is a decent guy to go with he's been getting mid-20s high 20s minutes he's been shooting the ball pretty well 4.9k on a five-game slate offering a little bit of salary relief he's probably my second favorite option here so it's probably Fox Halliburton number two and then Barnes number three yeah, you know, I don't love this game either, but I, I think Barnes is cheap. At Hal Burton is fine. Um, Heald and Fox for upside uh, and ceiling. Houston, this is going to be like the, the first kind of look at this Houston team with everybody. Um, you know, Eric Gordon should kind of be a bench role player. John Wall should start next to James Harden. You know, I, I think it's – it's kind of tough to kind of gauge what we're looking at here. Like how much is DeMarcus cousins going to play? Um, you know, how much is Christian Wood going to play with DeMarcus cousins back? Like what is Harden's usage going to be? There's a lot of question marks here, but if you get this game, right. Could easily win you a tournament. Yeah. I mean, it, if you get this right game, right. You could win you a tournament. There's also a chance that if you get this game, right. It helps you nothing because like, 
we don't know what the usage for Harden is going to be like. I'm probably avoiding Harden at 11K. Like, I know that he could potentially keep doing Harden things and just absolutely crush in this spot, but 11K and this much of an unknown, like, I could see Cousins and Boogie or Cousins and Wall taking up a lot of the usage. Like, there's a lot of mouth to feed, mouths to feed. The problem is I want to I want to bring it back if I'm playing one or two Sacramento players, but it's just kind of tough to do with this many unknowns. Wall is sitting up over 7K, Woods up over 7K, and Harden's 11K. Like, Boogie's probably going to come in and take a decent amount of stuff up. I don't know if I want to use him at 5K. Like, yes, can even if he plays 17 minutes, can he make value at 5K? I think he can. I think he's the guy that would be most likely to take shots on, but if I'm not going to take shots on him, then that means that he's probably not going to get enough minutes that means that Christian Wood is probably going to get enough minutes. So Wood's my favorite option from the Houston side, but I think with the price tags being where they are, it makes it tough to really play anyone in the spot. Yeah, and like DeMarcus Cousins was playing about 18 minutes um, in the preseason. So I I would kind of guess that's maybe what potentially looking at, you know, for him. So, um, man, I think – he is definitely worth a look at this price. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's tough not to like him at this price, right? Like, yeah, you know, he like could, he could easily, you know, especially if he comes like off the bench, which you know he would should start, and Cousins comes off the bench, and if he plays twenty minutes at five k with all the usage on the bench with like Eric Gordon, like I don't know. I, I think Cousins is a really interesting um, tournament play here. Yeah, I mean, we saw what happened with Golden State, like back when he was playing with them. He was only playing, like at the very beginning, he wasn't playing a ton. I think he had a double-double in like 15 minutes one of the games. Like he can he can put up a ton of fantasy points real quick, but it, it, it's just tough to know. Is he going to play 13 minutes? Is he going to play 17 minutes? Is it worth it if he plays 17 minutes? But what if he gets 23 minutes? It's, it's the perfect GPP play, especially on a five-game slate. Yep. Um, New York at Toronto, 220 total here. Toronto favored by eight. Uh, Burks is questionable. Nick Lakina is out. Rivers is questionable. DSJ is out and Spellman is out. And then on the Toronto side, Patrick McCall remains out. Um, what do you like here for New York? Uh, regardless of who ends up playing, I love Julius Randle. Like this guy is getting it done all over the place. He's taking shots. Like tip it out there. Barrett and Brandle are getting boatloads of minutes. Barrett's at 6.9K, probably too cheap. The guy's been shooting horrible outside of the first game versus Indy where he shot great and ended up with 44 points. But outside of that, he's been shooting terrible. Four for 15, seven for 17, two for 15. Like, we know that he's going to get boatloads of minutes, and we know that he's going to shoot the ball well. He's missed his last 13 three-point shot attempts. Like, he's putting up all right numbers – not great, but he's just shooting the ball terribly. I, I think this is a perfect spot to go in on him. All the game log watchers are probably not going to be playing him. 6.9K isn't that isn't expensive enough. Big fan of him and just how much Randall's involved in this offense is incredible. And his minutes are incredible. He's put up 60 and two straight. Those are the two guys that I really want to go with. If Burks end up missing, if Rivers end up, ends up missing, then I think you take a shot on Peyton at 5.9k if he's going to get the minutes his price tag's too low he can 
absolutely put up a monster game. If both those guys are playing, then I think he eats into his minutes too much and probably not a guy I'll end up looking at. Mitchell Robinson, I'm fine with. He's getting minutes. He can at any given time put up a big outing. I'll probably end up using him in lineups that I'm not using Randall. I think they have a little bit of a negative correlation with each other. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's Barrett and Randall are just fantastic plays on this slate. I love this game here because I know exactly where the minutes are going to be for a lot of these guys. Yeah. If Burks is out, go right back to the well on elf. Um, Randall has been fantastic. Barrett, like you said, it, it's, it's nice seeing like, you know, Julius Randall kind of unleashed here and he, he's just been an absolute beast and he, he should continue doing it. Um, I don't love uh, Mitchell Robinson right now and much rather like have Julius Randall. And like my biggest concern with like Mitchell Robinson right now is just Randall is doing everything. Um, Mitchell Robinson was like uh, one basket away from like a double, double the other night. Um, If he gets that the other night and like, it's a little bit different of a scenario, but overall right now, that, sorry, that's a big thing with the last, like, if you're looking at game logs, he was one point away from a double-double last night. He was one rebound away from a double-double three games yep. ago. Like, he's still getting there. Like like I said, I'm not a huge fan of him, but I think he's an interesting play if you're not expecting Julius Randle's role to continue or for him to have an off game. I think, like, I'm going to play Randle or Mitchell Robinson in most of my lineups. Yeah, it's a good leverage play, too. But um, I will probably have 80% Randall. What do you like here for Toronto? I mean, Siakam has looked good and bad, but he's getting almost 40 minutes a game um, so far. Like, Lowry is getting a ton of minutes. Van Vliet, OG, they're all just playing a boatload of minutes, which we saw this at the beginning of last year. And for most of last year, they're, they're running a really tight condensed rotation. This game doesn't have a huge total at 216 and a half. It's one of the lowest on the boards. It's a very low total in general. But we know exactly where these minutes are coming from. So over on the Toronto side, it's the same four guys that pretty much always is. I mean, Boucher or Baines, you can end up playing. I'm fine with both of them, but not happy about playing either of them. I'd rather go with the guys where I know where the minutes coming from. So like I said, in most every lineup, I'm going to end up playing Barrett. And I'm going to end up playing Randall, and I'm going to bring it back with two of Siakam, Lowry, Van Vliet, or OG. It's just figuring out which one I want to go with, and it's just largely dependent on what the rest of my lineup is. Yeah, like the Toronto rotations are so fantastic. I think, like, when you're looking at, like, point per dollar, OG is is a guy that's going to pop on, like, point per dollar, point per dollar like, um, basis. Um Outside of that, like, I don't know. I, I like Lowry. I like Van Vliet. I like Siakam. It's just like, the, you know, their ceilings are always something that worries me a little bit. But um, I do think this game has potential to be really, really fun to watch and, um, you know, get some really solid points out of it. So uh, moving along, we got New Orleans at OKC, 213 total. New Orleans favored by four and a half in this one. Um no real injuries for New Orleans. Ariza remains out for OKC. Um, let's start here with the Pelicans. Uh, what do you like here? I mean, Zion's one of my favorite plays on the slate. Like, he's playing a boatload of minutes. You look at the last game, it was obviously a blowout. That's why he didn't play a ton, but 38 minutes the prior two games, he's putting up shots over 20 in any game they plays that many minutes. 
Like he's getting a ton of usage. He's 7.9 K, which doesn't make sense to me at all. And then Ingram also playing a boatload of minutes outside of the blowout, averaging 36 minutes a game, averaging about 50 points a game. Like we know that they're going to get a ton of usage. We know that they're going to get a ton of minutes. So there's no reason not to play him. Lonzo, I think is a good uh, tournament play. He has the upside for 50 points. He's playing 35 minutes. Like we know that there's another spot where we know the rotations, we know what's going to happen. Bledsoe's look terrible. May end up are popping in some uh, projections and some optimizers, but I don't know if I really want to go there. He's just looked awful. Adams is fine. Not really high on him. Like there's a few 5k to 6k guys on this slate that I think offer more upside and a higher floor. So not really a guy I want to go with. It is a revenge game. So there's that, but really it's Ingram and Zion are fantastic plays and balls, a pretty good GPP play at 6.5 K. Yeah. Um, I think Ingram and Zion are like your two like ceiling guys. Um, I don't mind taking shots on Lonzo. You know, this is one of those teams where it, it really could be like three guys on a nightly basis that kind of go off on this team that, you know, could get there. So, um, you know, Lonzo, like you said, Zion, I don't really love Steven Adams. Bledsoe's okay. He, you know, he had that one good game to start the season. He shot terribly against San Antonio and Miami and they got blown out by Phoenix. So, you know, if he puts a game together, he could easily go for 30. He's 5,600. He's not the worst price. Um, you know, when JJ Redick is shooting the ball really well, he, he could have big games, but he's been shooting the ball terribly lately. So, um, what do you like here for the Thunder? SGA. Um, and take your shots wherever else you want, but SGA just getting a ton of usage. Had a really bad first half um, in the last game. Just I only think he put up three shot attempts in the first half. Um, just It was just a weird game for him. I, was, I had played a lot of them, obviously, and so I was watching that pretty intently. And he still ended up with 41 points. Um, if he would have taken 20 shots, he could have ended up with 60. So I don't really expect that to happen again. Like this is a decent spot for him here. We know that he's going to take up 30 plus percent of the usage on this and on this OKC team. So he's the main guy, but I mean, you can take a shot on George Hill, Baisley, Dort. Like I, I, I just don't really want to is the main thing. Like I, it, you're not getting a ton of upside. You're getting a decent floor on these guys. I mean, you know, Dort's probably going to end up with 25 to 30, but I'm just not seeing a huge, um, huge increase in usage for any of these guys. I think it's just going to be SGA. Yeah, SGA, obviously the usage guy here. I don't mind Dort or Baisley, but, you know, it'd be runbacks, um, you know, in potential stacks of this game, kind of hoping for a high-scoring affair. Um. Yeah, that's that's really it, man. I don't I don't see a ton when you're looking at this game as as a whole. Do you? No, I mean it, it's it's the three highest priced guys in this game are the main three that I just want to consider, and they're all underpriced. They all have a good floor. They all have a good ceiling. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking at. Uh, moving on to the last game of 2020, 
Phoenix at Utah, two twenty total. Utah favored by four. Um, no real injury news here. Favors is probable. Um, Nader is still out. Jalen Smith is still out. Uh, let's start with Phoenix here. What do you like here for the Suns? I mean, at some point, Booker's probably going to have a blow-up game. Um, do I think that this is the time it's going to happen? No. Can it? Yes, but you got to look at the slate as a whole. On the slate, we have Zion, we have Ingram, and we have SGA all at 8K. We got Randall. We got Fox. Like, what are the chances that Booker drastically outscores any of them? Not not terribly high. His, his role in this offense with Paul here, like, everything – is just like he's not dishing the ball out as much. He's still taking a decent amount of shots. Yes, he can go get hot and put up 25 shots and end up with a decent outing, but it's just kind of eating into the ancillary stats. So Booker's not really a guy I want to go with. Aiton's a little bit interesting here at 7.4K in case he does get up into the 30-some-odd minute range. Like, we've seen big upside from him before. If he gets a few extra minutes going up against Gobert, I know Aiton's not a great defender, but – like there's a chance that he ends up with a few extra minutes here. And I think that he offers a bit of upside Chris Paul on a different slate. I'd be all right with him on this slate. I don't know if I really want to go there. He's just an all right play if he fits or if you're bringing it back with Mitchell and Gobert, I think that's a decent spot to throw in Paul bridges Crowder. Not really that interesting to me on a slate where there's a lot of guys um, underpriced. If you need to play Harden or if you're planning on playing Harden in your lineup, then I think it makes sense to use one of these slightly cheaper guys in your lineup. But really, it's Aiton and it's maybe Chris Paul for me, but not a ton of interest here on the Phoenix side. I just think that New York, Toronto, and New Orleans are just better spots to go for these guys in the 7 to 9K range. Yeah, Um yeah, this is a tough game to kind of figure out. I think that there's nobody really like super cheap. Um, you know, Bridges could go 5x, Crowder could go 5x. <sighs> Paul Aiton, Booker, they like they could all go 5x and I just don't know if that's enough. Um this game does project to be like a pretty close game, you know, so that's super interesting when you're looking at it, you know, as a whole. Um yeah, I don't know, man. What do you like here for Utah? I actually really like Mitchell. Um, like, he hasn't put up a big game yet, but he's sitting there at 7.6K. He's went 8 for 23 in the first game, including 2 for thir- 10 on three-point land. 6 for 23, including 2 for 9 from three-point. And then the Portland game, he just didn't really play well, and he also shot 37% from the field. This guy is shooting 34% from the field. That's not the type of player he is. He's much better than that. This spot, like, he's going to catch fire at some time. His price is way too low. He still hasn't gotten less than 30 points in any given matchup. He's playing minutes. You know that he's heavily involved in this offense, and we can probably expect 20-plus shot attempts. So he offers you a decent floor. still gets some ancillary stats. He's getting you a decent floor and a high ceiling. We've seen the worst of him so far. Gobert, on the other hand, has just been very efficient. Like, he's obviously been fantastic, but very efficient. Last game, he had four blocks. Yes, he can do that in any given game, but he's still shooting 75% from the field so far this season. It'll regress a little bit, um, but he's an all right play, especially going up against Aiden defense. Conley, obviously doing a ton, but we know what this offense is. We know what 
the Jazz are. Like, we've, they're pretty much the same team they were last year. If Conley's going to keep getting his minutes, 6.7K is way too cheap, but there's a lot of guys that are too cheap on this slate. I prefer – Mitchell's by far my favorite play um, from Utah and one of my favorite plays on the slate. Like, this is a perfect day for him, like, find a value play and then play a whole bunch of guys from the mid-tier. So Mitchell's going to be one of the first guys in there, along with Randall, along with Zion, and along with SGA. Um, but outside of that, from this Utah team, like Conley offers a little bit of value. Gobert offers a little bit of upside. And then probably staying away from most of the rest of the guys. Yeah, this was really interesting here because, like, I really like the Utah side of this game, and I just don't know who to really pair it back with on Phoenix. Like, even, like, the cheap guys here – you know, Clarkson's a guy that if he hits a couple extra baskets, he could go for 30 and play like 25 minutes. So, like, it's just an overall interesting game. You know, Bogdanovich, when he's shooting well, you know, he could get there. So, it's just like, you know, you're there's so many, so many potential options in this game. It's just like, all right, well, who do I want to run it back with um, from the other side? to make it a, a full type of game here. So I like the Utah side a lot more. Mitchell, Gobert, Conley, um, Bogdanovich, you know, Clarkson. Maybe I run it back with like Jay Crowder and just take the value and hope he plays, you know, 28 to 30 minutes here. If this game doesn't blow out, that's where he should really kind of end up. Like he just didn't get the minutes the other night because the game was a blowout. So um, any final thoughts on this one? Mm. No, not really. All right, let's play the morning grind game. We're going to use the five-game main slate. We're going to use DraftKings pricing. Uh, favorite play under 5X or 5K to 7X? That's kind of a tough one. I feel like there's someone I talked about, but I'm not really in love with any of the value plays on this slate. It has to be under 5K. 5K or under, you? Yeah. Son of a... Oh, 5K or under. Yeah, sorry, it's been a while. Ooh, you go first because I have two players. want to see if you pick my guy. Well, I was going to take Cousins, so. All right, then I'll take Halbert, and that was my other guy. All right. Um, Over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today at the top? I'm going to go with Simmons. Yeah, it's. That's who I was leaning to. Um, I probably won't end up playing Vooch, so give me him. Um, favorite 6X play today? I'm going to I'm gonna go with Randall. I think he gets 60-plus in the spot. All right, I'm, I said this the other day, but I'm going to say it again. If Burks is out, I love Elf. I'm going to go Elf Payton for 6X. Um this dude had two fantasy points um, like halfway through the second quarter the other night. So he can easily get 6X if Burks plays. Um, I do not like Elf as much. Get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got? Uh, gosh, I don't know. I don't know It's weird on this slate. I mean, mostly, I mean, it would be. I guess, is R.J. Barrett that weird? I don't think he'll be that popular at the price. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think he has a chance for a huge game. I don't think a ton of people are going to play him, but 
again, it's just he shot horrible in the last three games, but he hasn't had less than 15 shot attempts at all this year. And he's playing a boatload of minutes. All right. I like it. I'm going to go Fultz. I don't think he'll be like crazy owned here. Um, we talked about him a long time ago. Really? That's an ugly game. The more that I like think about this slate, the more like I'm going to probably build more balance than anything else. So, yeah. um, any tournaments on FanDuel, DraftKings, any, any sites like standing out to you for game selection today? I mean, if you have the bankroll, the, that DraftKings has two separate Showtime single entries um, at a hundred dollar buy-in. Both of them are nine point nine percent margin, which is semi-typical of that. But like, like honestly, entering the hundred and eleven man like GBP with a decent payout up top, like it's fifteen uh, percent up top, ten percent to second, and then. Like it's not great for the mid twenties, but when you're doing a hundred person GBP, you don't need to have that many people double up. So twenty percent double up, and then I think thirty percent, uh, at least one point five x their money. So it's not a bad way to build your bankroll if you have a bit of a bankroll if you want to do single entry. Yeah, if you're if you're like me, like I, I live in this tournament. Um, I finished fourth in it yesterday. I think I finished like sixteen. Oh, what you think today. you're better than me? No, I'm just saying. Like I love it. This, <laughs> it's one of my favorite tournaments. That and like the forty dollars single entry tournaments. I talk about those tournaments all the time. Um, I'm gonna talk about like all right. So we've been talking a lot of you know single entry stuff lately. But say you got a little bit more extra time here on New Year's Eve. Um, the twenty entry max four dollar tournament on DraftKings. The four-point play, somebody's going to turn um, potentially 80 bucks into 15 grand. Pays out 24% of the field. Really deep payouts, top 10s under 30%. So really strong you know, payout structure here for a 20-entry max. So if you have more, more time, you're using Lineup HQ, you're a premium member here, um, You know, this is definitely one of those slates where you can kind of get freaky with it um, and have some fun with it. So... Uh, favorite over under against the spread pick today, Grant. What do you got? Um, I think I think New York keeps it closer. I mean, it's it's currently set at minus nine. That seems a little high to me. I'm going with New York plus nine. New York plus nine. I like it. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to keep my streak alive over there on sharp side. Um. Riding hot. Um, let's see. I like the New York plus nine. Um, I'm gonna take the over in the Houston game. I think with Houston back at you know somewhat full strength over of two twenty nine, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lock that in for my um start sharp side sharp side streak bet today. I also forgot uh, it's buggy. Revenge for teams removed. <laughs> 15 teams in the way. No. <laughs> um, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no, I think like, like you said at the end, when you kind of look through everything, unless some big news comes tomorrow, then this is very much like a middle slate. Like it, the middling build is fantastic. If you can find one or two decent value plays that you really like, then like, putting in a lot of the, like if you find a little bit off the board value plays and putting in the chalky guys 
that are around the seven to eight K range is going to be, I think the way that this tournament gets taken down. And I'm, I'm probably like, unless Harden's going to come in, check out Harden's ownership because if he is going to come in incredibly low owned and people are doing the middle tier, like just as a leverage play, it's not a terrible idea to go with him because there's a lot of ways that this offense can end up going uh, with these guys going back. But like many of those can end up with Harden going for 75 points. Solid. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap it up here for the last time in 2020. Everybody have fun. New Year's Eve. Uh, we'll be back with a football podcast uh, as well. That will be out later today. And then um, Chief Justice and I will be recording on New Year's Eve night um, for New Year's Day slate. So Friday slate will be up as well. So that's going to wrap it up. Hope everyone has an awesome New Year's Eve. Um, good luck in your contest. We'll see you guys again next year. Tickets.